And now, Consumer Talk, featuring Wendy Nola. Melanie Rice standing in for Pippa Hudson this afternoon. And Wednesdays means it's Consumer Talk. And as always, we are delighted to have Consumer Specialist Wendy Nola with us for the next hour. She'll be answering all your consumer-related questions and she'll be sharing some breaking consumer news. A quick reminder that in the second half hour of the segment is an open line, which you're very welcome to call in on um, with any consumer query at all. Uh, the number to dial, 021-446-0567. You can send an SMS on 31567. You can leave a voice note on 0725671567 if you prefer. Welcome to the show, uh, Wendy. I'm not. Thanks, Melanie. Oh, you are there. Fabulous. I am here. It's so nice to chat to you again. <laughs> Likewise. So you're also a motoring journalist today because today uh-huh. we're looking at consumers' car-related queries and the South African Automotive Code of Conduct, which is part of the Consumer Protection Act. And then we'll be opening the lines and taking general comments and queries. Exactly. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm always a bit nervous to, to focus on cars in particular because it opens the floodgates. And for the next uh, month, I have about 100 complaints coming through via email a day, which I can't quite say on top of. But anyway, of course, there's a good reason for that because a car, especially a new car, and let's talk about new car. I'm going to focus particularly on new cars. They're a huge investment. And for many people, it is their most expensive asset. And most people acquire their first car. After at least one second-hand car So it, it's a very big deal for, for that person who's bought their new car And they never talk to me, Melanie, about a, a new car It's always a brand new car or out the box <laughs> mm. Just to emphasize, we're talking How about new it is. shiny new no, yeah, Zero on the Odo yeah. So when such a prize possession breaks down in some way Obviously the frustration and anger is immense Because the assumption is that problems are what you get with second-hand cars, and many people have had those, and now they've invested finally in a brand-new car, and how can this be happening? But the reality is that some brand-new cars do develop problems within the first month or two, or even the first week. Um, And even if it's a fairly minor issue, such as the um, electric window mechanism failing, it creates massive logistical problems for the now not quite so delighted owner of that brand new car. And and they very seldom get the response that they think they're going to get. So I'll never forget a case a few years back, a Durban business, businessman spent $1.5 million on a high-performance premium SUV only to have the power steering fail about six weeks later. And he insisted, you know, I've lost faith in this car now. I want a new one just to replace it um, for safety reasons. Um, and you, you could kind of understand that. Um, Did he get that but, response? Um, well, <laughs> no, and I could have predicted that. The regional sales manager responded via email, and listen to the tone of this, the, the, the choice of words. Vehicles are man-made objects and are subject to the same frailties as man. If this was not so, it would not have been necessary to sell vehicles with a warranty and or maintenance contract. Regarding the replacement of the vehicle, we reserve the right to repair your vehicle, which forms part of the sales agreement. Wow. And I have to say that anyone who has had a new car fail on them can expect a similar sort of don't get beyond yourself type of response if they dare to say, take your car back, I want another one. There are only, you know, there's very certain specific cases of, of you know, safety, uh, safety critical things like brakes or whatever failing and the dealer can't fix them, then it's all right, we need to give you a new car. But doesn't the CPA entitle consumers to a replacement car or a refund if the car does go, something goes wrong with the car within the first six months? 
Yeah, that's tricky because this, that's this, because this, that's the CPA section 56 and it talks about that. If something you, you've bought goes wrong or becomes defective within the first six months, you, and we say this on the show often, you get to choose between a refund replacement or, um, uh, refund rep- or repair, right? But it's not that simple when it comes to cars. And we're going to be speaking to Johan van Frieden, who's the, um, the motor industry ombudsman, um, to explain how this, um, how Myers, uh, what, what its ju- juris- uh, jurisdiction is with regards to handling car complaints from the public and why consumers find it so hard to get a refund or a replacement uh, for a problem car as with other consumer goods such as a TV or any, any other thing you can think of. Um, so for the last uh, three years, uh, since tw- January 2015, the um, Motor Industry Ombuds Office has been the custodian for the SA Automotive Code of Conduct, which now forms part of the Consumer Protection Act. So it means it's officially responsible for handling consumers' car-related complaints. So rather than going through to the um, National Consumer Commission, they, that's not their baby anymore. It must go straight through to the Ombuds. I think we might have him on we the do line. Have, yeah, we have Johan on the line. Johan, uh, welcome to the show. Um, Johan van Frieden is the Motor Industry Ombudsman and joins our conversation with Wendy right now. Um, yeah, for my sins. <laughs> I must say, Johan's very brave because, as I said, I can't, you, you, you handle, as, a, as a, anybody dealing with consumer complaints, you, you tread into the, the car world with um, some trepidation, and I suppose rightly so. So, Johan, can you explain for us, as simply as you can, why it, it's not the same as if you have a, a defective TV, say, that you know, if your TV frizzes and you know, the picture becomes blurry or a line through it or whatever, I can go back to where I bought it and say, I want a replacement one, thank you. But the same doesn't happen if, say, that there's something goes wrong with the steering or, or the um, whatever component in the car. What makes cars different in this regard? Well, I think first of all, one you've got to take into consideration the the, the value of the of the of the product here. You know, um, a, a TV you can pick up uh, a fantastic TV for maybe you, uh, what what is what do they go for? Five thousand maybe. A good TV will go for maybe twelve thousand rand, something like that. You can get a yeah, good even TV. five thousand you but can get a decent know, one, I think. Exactly, exactly. But a, but a motor vehicle is a little bit different because, you know, you've got a, a you've got a product that uh, comprises around about four between four and six thousand little components. Uh, it's used uh, on the roads in all weather conditions and so on, and it costs a fortune. So, yeah. for a, a company to replace a high value item like a motor vehicle, you know. <laughs> Uh, it, uh, building cars will become an unviable situation when people will stop building cars because they, if something goes wrong and they have to replace every every car, uh, you know they'll go out of business. So you have but to clearly, have that sorry, kind of carry on safeguard. You have to have that kind of safeguard uh, that protects the manufacturer and and the motor dealer as well. You know because. Uh, they got to have also have a, a fair opportunity to repair that high value uh, uh, item like a, like a motor car. So clearly, and I've so handled some of these cases where um, yeah. the, the the car does go wrong in a safety critical way more than once. The dealer has had an opportunity to to repair, and sometimes the manufacturer gets involved as well. And this car is continuing to fail. So you would support, I know, from past cases. In such a, a case, um, the replacement of the car 
um, so that not in the normal way as in a, a trade-in where the yes. customer wouldn't lose out. The customer yeah. wouldn't be made to pay for that defect. Well, you see, the thing is, with the CPA for the first six months, uh, the, the, the consumer is protected extremely well. But when it comes to after that first six months uh, and, and the warranty kicks in and uh, a vehicle goes wrong, then, of course, you know, the, the, the manufacturer will, will or the, not the manufacturer, but the servicing dealer will have the right to, to repair the vehicle. Uh, uh, you know, if it's not a, a safety critical item, but I've supported in many cases, I've supported the replacement of a vehicle, and then, but after that first six months, you know, there are other factors that's taken, has got to be taken into consideration. For instance, uh, you can't have something for nothing. Some kilometers have been, uh, the car has been used for a while, and uh, uh, apart from the fact that it is now broken down, you've had the use of the vehicle for a certain period of time after that six months. And, uh, you know, so they can either replace the car with a car of similar value, similar mileage, or they can, uh, they can offer you another car and uh, you have to pay in for the usage of the vehicle. Okay, Wendy, so for the can mileage. You, can you give you us... My drift. Yes. <laughs> so, Wendy, just for the, for the listeners, can we give an example? Do you have a case study? Yes, I've got, I've got a few case studies, Melanie, actually. I've been uh, doing lots of car research this, this week. So the first one is um, Sam Bennett of Cape Town, um, and she repeatedly reported her Ford, to her Ford dealership the fact that her EcoSports engine light was coming on. Um, but the cause was not identified and acted on, she says, and she was told in one case that it was not an issue and the light was simply reset. And only when the car was out of warranty was a a failed cylinder diagnosed, um, and she felt strongly that, you know, that the engine light was a warning about this problematic cylinder. So when she protested, Ford South Africa offered to bear the cost of that replacement cylinder, which was some 6,000. Um, but there were the costs, the dealership costs of labor and some other extras came to another 17,000 and she was liable for that and she felt it was unfair. So, um, I put this to, I'm, I'm really simplifying this case. I put this to Ford South Africa, um, which told Consumer Talk that when Sam first reported an engine light warning, the vehicle's catalytic, catalytic converter was replaced. Eight months later, when a second engine warning light came on, a sensor was replaced, which solved the problem. And two years later, which takes us to last August, with just a month remaining on the car's warranty, she took it to a non-Ford repairer to rectify an engine light issue and do an 80,000 case service. Ford says when, that, when the warranty was expired, she took the car to a Ford dealership with another warning light issue. And that's when the failed cylinder was diagnosed. I was told we have in good faith agreed to the 6,000 Rand subsidy towards the repair. We've also accommodated Ms. Bennett with a loan vehicle since March the 5th. We are unfortunately not able to assist any further with the costs of the repair. And they've, um, the manufacturer wants to point out that the previous engine light concerns rectified by our dealerships have nothing to do with the current engine issue. The dealer did not misdiagnose, misdiagnose any fault at the time. So I've been back to, to Sam with this information, and um, long story short, she has since traded in what she calls her lemon car, 
Um, and I do think with some justification, um, we, even if none of those things were related, that's a lot of um, warning engine lights to come on and a lot of repairs that had to happen. Um, so she's traded in her lemon car, as she calls it, for a second-hand non-Ford hatchback with that dealership. It has low mileage and the Ford dealership has extended its service plan at their cost as a, as a further concession. And she said to me this morning, what I will take from this whole debacle is to sell my car at at least 5,000 kilometers before the warranty runs out. Um, so Johanna, I did, before we, I got the answer from, from Ford South Africa, I did run this case past you, um, and you kind yeah, of called yeah. it this, in the same way. Could you just briefly um, share with the listeners what you told me and, and just a general comment about, because I often get yeah. this, the engine light came on and they didn't fix it and now this has gone wrong and obviously that engine light must have related to this particular problem that's now, you know, happened. Yeah. You see, this is this is the thing. Uh, you know, cars are, are highly technical these days, and you need a lot of expertise to actually diagnose uh, a specific problem. And in, in this particular case, uh, you know, engine engine warning lights uh, normally for electronic uh, gizmos in the cars, like the, the the engine management system and so on, and it will give certain warnings. Uh, in, in terms of, like uh, in this case, the catalytic converter, or, or, or where, the, where you've got sensors, electronic sensors fitted in into that. I'm trying to make it sound as simple as possible. <laughs> uh, yes. Sensors fitted into these uh, components. So that's when your engine light will uh, uh, light up. Or, you know, if there's an oil light that comes on, that means that, uh, you know, there's not enough oil in the vehicle, or if the car is overheating, that kind of thing. But in this particular case, the failure of the um, the failure of the uh, of the cylinder or the uh, was was I think in my you know in my view was was totally unrelated to the engine light because uh, there are other factors that can cause uh, what happened in this particular case. And for for instance, uh, uh, maybe a, a, a dripping injector or something like that. That is worn because I don't know what the mileage on that vehicle was at the time. And these are wear and tear items that do go from time to time. And uh, when it happens, you know, it can have the results that we saw now with Sam's car. Okay. So you, sorry, go ahead, Mel. No, um, I mean, an engine light can mean a lot of different things, but... But there's another case that you have where there was a clutch that was burnt out on a fairly new car and the driver was being told that it was his fault as well. Yes, I'm going to ask you about this scenario as well. If I could just ex- uh, tell you the case, Johan, and then we can comment. So, um, okay. Liefer Maremachai bought a new Golf 7.5 from VW Arcadia eight months ago. With da- within days, he said he picked up a burning rubber smell. He reported it, and they said, don't worry, it'll go away, and it did after two weeks. But five months later, engaging the gears became tricky for him, and he- the only way he could do it was by switching the car off and on again. But um, the week before the Easter weekend, immediately after the car's first service, Incidentally, he reported the problem to the dealership because um, it was still happening, and they said they could only attend to it the following week. So he continued to drive the car, and that weekend, the Easter Saturday, the gear problem happened again. And when that on switching off and on thing didn't work, the car had to be towed to the dealership, and that's when a burnt clutch was diagnosed. And to cut a long story short, his driving style was blamed, which he didn't accept. He said he's, he's an experienced driver; he's owned several other VWs, and he's never had a clutch problem before. So the replacement quote was um, just under forty thousand, thirty-nine thousand. And Leifa was made to pay a third of that, thirteen thousand three hundred. Yeah. Um, plus, he's been without yeah. his car since Easter 
since that Easter because of a parts delay, and only yesterday was he offered yeah. um, a courtesy car. So I asked VW. Yes, so exactly, so was I. So I asked VW South Africa how it calculated that replacement clutch cost share thing. Um, and whether a, a relatively high number of the clutches on that particular car had needed replacing, as Lifa had been told by his dealership. And I have to say, just this morning, VW's GM of Group Communications, um, Matt Jenrich, told me that uh, Lifa's case had been reviewed and VW would be covering the full cost of replacing that clutch. So he's going to get his 13.3 back as a goodwill gesture. And he said, we have also secured the necessary parts for the repair. And these will be delivered to yeah, the dealer right. today, meaning that Mr. Yeah. Mare will receive his vehicle back in the next day or two. And then he says clutch claims are always tricky yeah. and driving style does play a role as well as the terrain that the car is used. And yeah, so he says, therefore, our warranty, this is inter- interesting, does not cover clutch repairs. But we do understand that in some mm. cases it is justified that a portion of the costs yeah. or the full cost of the repair will be covered under goodwill um, due to the age of the car. And this was a very new car. You must get this a lot, Johanna, and, and with a, a, a yes, motorists coming to you saying, that. they're blaming me and it's not yeah. fair. So how do you navigate that? Yeah. Well, look, you know, <laughs> there's another component to this, uh, to this whole thing with, with the clutch. Uh, uh, the, the, this particular consumer claimed to be a very experienced driver and has had many Volkswagens before and so on. But he actually continued driving the vehicle after the, the, the gears started getting tricky uh, over the Easter weekend. You know, now that alone uh, puts him in a very awkward position because, you know, there is, there is a law in South Africa that says that you have to minimize your damage. Except for the part, Johan, if I can just cut in. Hang on. I get that, yeah. and but in this case, he reported yeah. it and said, you've got to come back next week because we can't deal with it now. So there is that element as well. He was, he did keep no, no, reporting fine, it. But he kept on yeah. using the car. You see, yeah. if, he yeah. felt, uh, if he felt so strongly about it, he shouldn't have used the car. However, I'm, I'm very pleased to hear that Volkswagen uh, came through for him, and that mm. would be my recommendation to them as well. As that, Excellent. Especially on a new car like that, and especially on a, uh, a person who is an experienced driver and has, and has a track record with Volkswagen. You know, that plays a very, very big role, and this is the advice I normally give consumers, is that when you, when you buy a vehicle from a franchise dealer, uh, stick to that franchise dealer's uh, and stick to your service plan and stick to your, to, to, uh, you know, to your, to your scheduled services at that dealership because you build up a track record at the dealership. So if something goes wrong even after the warranty, most dealers will, and manufacturers will uh, have a goodwill uh, gesture mm. uh, or, yes. or assist. With a, with a goodwill gesture. It's just sometimes you must also understand that, that uh, these decisions uh, uh, has got to be escalated up the line. And the first contact uh, has got certain rules that they have to work to and certain processes they have to follow. And, uh, and, and, and so, uh, sometimes those people are not in the position to make a decision as to whether a vehicle's got to be replaced or not. And then it's got to be escalated. And when it's, yeah. it's escalated, it normally comes to my office and the office, and then <laughs> I will then uh, recommend, make a recommendation that, that uh, the vehicle either be replaced, repaired, or refunded, or, you know, 
change for a vehicle of similar uh, type and, and also work out a, a usage cost. Oh, for the, for the kilometers. I'm going to have to ask both of you to just yeah. press pause just briefly. For news. For news. <laughs> just a reminder to listeners, okay. we are talking to consumer specialist Wendy Nola and the motor industry ombudsman, Johan van Frieden. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Call us now on 021-446-0567. 34 minutes past 1 o'clock. Melanie Rice standing in for Pippa Hudson this afternoon. And if you've just tuned in, um, it is Consumer Talk with consumer expert Wendy Nola. If you do have any consumer-related questions, give us a call on 021-446-0567. You can send a text to 31567 or a WhatsApp to 072 Five six seven one five six seven. There's a question, Wendy, if I might, for Johan here. Um, I'm not sure if we still have him on the line. Um, where it, it, somebody yes, writes yeah. in, great. Somebody writes in and says, "I had a problem with my vehicle and made a case with the motor industry ombudsman. And after four months' time, they came back to me and told me that the dealership is not registered with the motor industry ombudsman and that they cannot pursue the case as it doesn't fall under the jurisdiction. Apparently, registration is voluntary and not compulsory for individual dealerships. Is this true?" says Chris. I would like to just uh, correct that statement. That must have been a long time ago because every single motor-related business in South Africa must register uh, on the uh, on the Motor Industry Ombudsman's uh, um, uh, database and uh, are required by law to to uh, adhere to the uh, recommendations made by the Ombuds Office. So that must have been a long time ago because uh, previously, before the accreditation, the, the Ombud was, uh, was a voluntary organization that businesses belong to. But since the accreditation, as Wendy explained earlier on, uh, every single motor or related business must uh, register their details on our database and fall under the jurisdiction. Okay. And um, Wendy, you have a, a final case study, don't you? I, I think it's worth mentioning because it goes to the issue of um, courtesy cars, and I haven't run this by you yet, um, Johan, because I just finalized it very shortly before we came on air. But uh, Masoki Letswalo of Zanin bought a brand-new Hyundai Tucson in December. Um, it broke down on the 20th of March. That's four weeks ago. And she was told by um, the Hyundai dealership in um, Polokwane that there was a problem with the starter pin. And she hasn't been given a car in all that time. So not fair in my book. Uh, this story started going around on Twitter on, on Monday, and I picked it up when my name was, was added, as happens. And so I asked Hyundai, after speaking to her daughter, Liz, I, on very short notice, I asked um, the spokesman, uh, Dion Sonicus, to please find out what the problem was, why has it taken so long to get the part or to fix, and why Mrs. Litsuala hasn't been given the courtesy of a courtesy car, especially given that she's been without her car since March the 20th. And, you know, as in the previous case with the Gulf, um, this is a new car. In fact, that car was eight months old. This car is less than six months old. So um, I got a yeah. call from, from Dion this morning. I'm very happy to say um, the uh, car hire has been organized for her, um, a hired car rather, and the uh, parts is, it was, is a startup in problem. There was no stock in the country, so it was ordered from Korea. It's due to arrive at the um, parts distribution um, warehouse on the 24th of April, so... That's a, I think we've got a long weekend issues happening that week, but they are going to get her um, car fixed and back to her. 
um, as soon as possible after that, and at least in the meantime, she does have the um, the use of a, of a hired the car the and yeah, and and yeah. Dion conceded. Yeah. You know, this shouldn't have happened. They only heard yeah. about it on Monday. Yeah. I don't think the dealership escalated yes, yes. it, and it shouldn't happen that someone should have to now start making a scene on social media. But in many cases, that Absolutely. that is what happens. Absolutely. Happens, and I think yes. this courtesy. I, I think that, many people. I agree with that totally, yes. Oh, great. And I think uh, you might agree with me on this, too. And some people make unreasonable demands for courtesy cars. But in this case, yes, I think yes. definitely that she yes. should have been given one straight away. I mean, to have four weeks without her, the use yeah. of a new car, which that's a whole month um, installment she would have paid for nothing. And insurance. Absolutely. You know, look, the thing is, we one must understand that a dealership, uh, uh, you know, cannot have uh, a courtesy car uh, a whole fleet of courtesy cars because if any you know they they put uh, some of the bigger workshops put thirty cars through through the workshop and uh, in a day sometimes you know and if they have to give a courtesy car to every single consumer they will have a, a massive fleet but I agree in a case like this most definitely I will I support uh, totally what what you've said and uh, I think that the dealership should have the dealership should have made uh, arrangements for a rental if they didn't have a courtesy car, most definitely. Well, let's hope, uh, let and learn from this particular case in terms of, you know, yeah. dealerships and what their responsibilities are, especially for those cars that are under CPA warranty. Well, Leon joins That's us right. from uh, Newark now with a, with a question for both of you. Um, Leon, welcome to the show. Hi, hi there, Wendy. Um, we thought we had hi, a shot in high. We thought we had a shut and closed case. We sent in a Toyota Prado with a seat bearing on the alternator. They damaged the alternator there during the assembly, and then they put in a Toyota part that cost 13,000 rand approximately and said we must pay. We went to the CPA. The CPA said to them they must pay us back, and they refused, and then they said we must go somewhere else. Uh, the Consumer Protection Authority, whoever we dealt with, came back and said they're refusing to pay. You must go to another body. Would that fall under Myosa, Johan? Yeah, that would, that would, you know, the thing is, our recommendation, if, if the, you know what, what dealerships and servicing, uh, servicing workshops don't understand is that if they refuse to, uh, if they refuse to comply with the Ombuds recommendation, it gets escalated to the National Consumer Commission, who then, who then will uh, issue a letter of non-compliance. That, let, that, that case then gets referred to the National Consumer Tribunal, which has got the same uh, uh, powers, as you know, as, a, as the High Court. And the business stands a chance of getting a fine of a million rand or 10% of its yearly turnover. Now, that's quite a hectic uh, uh, fine to get for not complying on a simple thing like an alternator uh, or the replacement of an alternator. And, uh, but unfortunately, as usual, these things take time. Now, mm. we are working with, uh, very closely with the NCC or the National Consumer Commission to try and rectify this, to cut out some of these, uh, the red tape uh, procedures that, are, that, are, uh, you know, that we have to follow in terms of the CPA at the moment. And uh, uh, perhaps over the next couple of months we will see a difference in this, you know, that we will be able to, to enforce the recommendation immediately. But I can't, I can't promise anything at this stage. Um, Leon, can I just I check with you? I hope that helps. Just to explain the, the process, you know. Yes, go ahead. Thanks, Wendy. Johan. 
Thanks, Johan. Um, so, if I'm understanding you correctly, they they created the problem and then fixed it and made you pay for it without give, even giving you the opportunity of um, knowing what the cost was going to be. In other words, not giving you a quote. Have I summarized that correctly? 100%. There were no quotes at any stage. This was all discovered during the investigation, and they were ordered to pay the money they refused. And right. uh, it was yes. and after one year, after one year of waiting, they came back okay. and said, now you must go somewhere else. Well, I tell you what, I love that case, yeah. and um, with very little yeah. red tape at all on your part, if you send me that in an email, Leon, I will most definitely take it up with the service provider involved. So we don't have to name them on air now, but yeah. um, let me investigate behind the scenes, and we can report back on another show. Yeah. And Leon, let me just give you a reminder and of that email, uh, consumer at nola.co.za. To okay. send an email. Yeah. We will also start on uh, in, in in the new year. We're going to start our, our on our website. We'll be start putting on the the naughty boys, the naughty dudes. Ah, oh, name and, and shame. So that, so that people can so so that people can actually see who the naughty guys are. And so uh, you know, we we'll definitely have to start doing that because uh, you know uh, complaints like this one of Leon's uh, is becoming far too. Too common these days. Well, I think Rolf in Belleville has another naughty guy for you. Rolf, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, guys. Nice talking to you. Hi, Rolf. Yeah. Thank I, you. I've, I've got a case where on the on the fourth of February my car uh, wouldn't start. To cut a long story short, took it into an auto electrician. The guy gave me a quote. I paid him twenty one thousand rand uh, nine weeks ago, and I'm still waiting for my car. I've been to him a couple of times where he's told me. Uh, if you're going to keep on pushing me, keep on coming here once a week, there's your car, take it and go. What can I do? I don't have a second car. I spend nearly 15K to hire a car every Monday morning, take it back every no. Friday, and then go through the Good same process heavens. again. What Johan, can I do? What and, and you've already paid the money? Yes, I've paid the guy 21K. You no. gave me a call, I paid him that amount. already. No, yes. no, that, <laughs> No, that's just not right. You know, that's just not right. You've got to, you've got to get a, a, a refund there and then obviously take your car to some other person because he's obviously not interested. Either he can't fix the car, he's not interested in fixing it, and be careful now that you don't be taken for a ride. And that is the type of thing that you can uh, find on our site. You can find the complaint form there. I'll give the website address and you can send it through and let's see how we can help you. What is that okay. website address, Johan? I beg your pardon? What is that website address? Could just, the website is www.m for Mary, I-O-S for sugar, a.co.za. So Miosa at www.miosa.co.za. Okay, fantastic. Rolf, are you still on the line? Yes, he is, I think. Rolf, are you still there? Yes, I'm here, I'm here. Okay, good. Well, I'm interested to know, you said it's been nine weeks, um, and yes. now, as I often get with these motion complaints, the service, so-called service provider is now throwing it back at you saying, stop harassing me, and, and, and um, meanwhile, they're not providing yeah. the service. But what sort of justifications does he give for not um, repairing, you know, doing the repair that you've paid 21,000 rand for? That, 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 uh at, at first, he was, he, he was sourcing a part from this one and that one. Secondly, he couldn't find the part locally. He had to source it from overseas. 
the the other thing about this guy, he works on major logistics companies' vehicles. So cars would come in the one day and in a day or two's time at a leave. But I think be, be, because I'm a so-called private client, it, it just makes me wait. And now he's okay. got the money in his back pocket, mm. and, and yeah, I'm going to just wait. Yeah. So he's not an out-and-out skill, and he is actually operating a, a, a car repair. Um, yes, yes, an, and, it, and okay. it, 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 it's not a small operation at all. I mean, some of wow. the cars that he work on are, 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 are Caterpillar's uh, vehicles. And okay. I know people well. from Caterpillar, and they say that our cars go in two days time, the car comes out again. Excellent news. In that case, do still file a complaint with Moza, um, but if you could please Absolutely. email me as well. I'll do my best for you, yeah. Um, yeah, Rolf. I will, I, I will email you. I'll, I'll send you the proof of payment and a copy of the quote as well. And also the okay. service provider's yeah. um, contact details, especially email Rolf's address, please. Details, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, I will do that. That's Thanks, Thanks Rolf. Okay. Yes, Rob, I hope that gets resolved. Well, Greg has a similar oh. problem about car parts consistently not being available. Greg, uh, what's your question? Yeah, uh, uh, good day. Thanks for taking the call and everybody that's tuned into the to the program. Look, I have, uh, I've been you know wondering as to who is the problem laying with when a supplier like uh, Isuzu in this case. Whenever you go for a part that you need, simply as it may sound to you telephonically, okay, I'm going to go to Azuzu. And then they have got supplies. They forever don't have the parts that one needs. And then they say, okay, we're going to have to uh, get the part for you, so it will take 14 days. Now, what happens if you've got an emergency and then you find that you're standing on the road somewhere and the part is not available? What is the trade agreement with these supply source is that mm. consumer or is that for the ministry of trade to look into and then i'm speaking maybe for a lot of other uh, things that is happening in this country at the moment i would like to what answer can this be done if, I, if i may please your hand yeah i would like to yeah you know you know this is a this is a tricky one because you've got a fast moving components and you've got slow moving components and it's a production issue that uh, production control issue that every, yeah. every manufacturing company not only car manufacturers but every manufacturing company is, is something that they they have to deal with uh, it's a very tricky situation because you have to have you have to have uh, some some kind of stock control so that you don't end up with dead stock on the shelves or ordering and a lot of our components come from overseas so what happens now is, is that if you order too much of the one thing and it lies there for, for maybe a year or two and it doesn't get uh, and it doesn't move you know you you're sitting with dead stock uh, in the stores so the the thing today is is that they try to do it just in time and they try in other words order the part get it here as soon as they possibly can and and do it but Mostly, the, 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 the fast-moving parts are mostly kept in, in, in stores, uh, uh, you know, as far as I can uh, make out, and I know the industry very well, I know that the fast-moving parts are normally kept, but there are certain components that, you know, don't often break. And if they do, you know, unfortunately, that's, that's when you get the waiting period. But then, obviously, there's also the question of the uh, of, uh, higher, higher car, or a question of a courtesy car in, in a case like that. Uh, um, so, Johan, if I could just cut in there, there's, there's um, the, our caller, Greg, was talking about what is, what is the contractual obligation of these suppliers. Am I right in saying they are obliged 
um, and there's a certain formula of, of, you know, the parts that they are required to provide and for how long. Um, but there's nothing that um, controls or regulates the waiting periods, or, or is there? That's, yeah, they, no, 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 there isn't anything controlling that. The thing is, is that that's also an unwritten, unwritten law. There's no law that says that they've got to keep parts for a certain is it uh, not written? Okay. Of years or so. Yeah, but that, that's an unwritten thing. You know, if you want to support your model and if you want to sell your car or your mark, you know, you have to keep spares for that, for, for, for that vehicle. And this is where the tricky part comes in. What kind of spares do you keep in your stores? Fast moving, slow moving, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a lot of this, a, a little bit of this. You know, yeah. And that's where the, the, the production control comes in. But okay. as you say, I it then becomes... A it does, and the two issues hold that we've discussed mainly on today's show hold, hold hands. And the one is the we've had three cases now with Greg's call of long waiting periods for parts. And then, so I, I, in my mind, especially with a newish car, and Greg's, I don't know how the age of um, Greg's vehicle, but especially with a new car, if you're not, if you're getting it wrong on the waiting period, you have to compensate yeah. on the other side by putting that those oh, people absolutely. into another set of wheels and. Yeah, so that's the that's, that's the that's the challenge. Right. Okay. Well, there, no, that's that's absolutely right. Okay. We were talking about um, naughty boys and and all that kind of thing, but this sounds is something. This um, SMS is something I haven't heard of before. Um, it's an SMS from Marion where she says, "I visited uh, the a dealership in Deep River, Cape Town, to purchase a vehicle. I was not able to test drive the vehicle in, I intended to purchase because they did not have that particular model available. But was told by the salesman that if I deposited three thousand rand into their banking account, they would be able to source the vehicle for me to test drive." This all seems very unethical, says Marion. Is this even legal practice? I need to purchase a new car, but I'm very apprehensive, understandably so, um, about dealing with salespersons with dubious sales tactics. Well, that you want to go, shall I? Absolutely. <laughs> Walk away. Imagine how they're going to treat you when things go wrong. No. Have you ever heard of, of dealerships asking for a deposit to test drive a car? I mean, that's... What a blooming cheek. You must spend... Oh, you must spend upwards of 150000 or whatever and not test drive the car yeah. first. I mean, I have many people, I'm sure you've yeah, heard of this that's as that's well, Johan, that buy a car unseen, and I'm, especially a used car, I'm like, are you insane? <laughs> you don't do that. Even a u- new car, it might not have the power that you thought it would have. It's, it might have. The boot might be too small. It might rev too highly, whatever. Exactly. It's absolutely, it's exactly. Ne- exactly. Never, ever buy a car without test driving. And if you come across a dealership that's doing yeah. that to you, uh, absolutely, I would love, no, 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 no. love, love Marion to email us and tell me which dealership that was. She I does would, say here really it was the Kia dealership in Deep River in Cape Town. Oh, so. did she? Okay, let's let's oh, let's. Oh, I'm definitely going Kia Kia dealership in Deep where, Deep River in Deep River. Yeah, um, you can expect an email here in the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Karen, yeah, uh, Karen yeah, well. in, in Bristol has been very patient. It's not a motoring question. It's a cell phone question for you, Wendy. Karen, welcome. Not Johan. <laughs> thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> Johan can take a break for a bit. Karen, how are you doing? Karen. I'm uh, fed up. I bought a cell phone from Vodacom last April. Within a month, the, the calls were dropping. I took it back and they read it. Um, the calls continued dropping. I took it back to Vodacom. They repaired it again, and the calls kept dropping. Then I took it back to Vodacom. 
um, they take things and said to me, the cars will not carry on driving. Between five different repairs and changing the SIM card, I've taken it back to Vodacom um, about a couple of months ago, and they ran the phone to tell me there is nothing wrong with the phone, and, um, well, I don't know, um, the calls are still dropping, in fact, worse than ever. Um, Samson even phoned me, and when they were talking to me, the calls dropped. Um, I've spoken to someone at Samsung who can't really do anything because I bought the phone from Vodacom, and Vodacom has been repairing it. Where do I go from here? Yeah, my phone is still dropping calls. Karen, are, are you, you calling from that, that phone right now? <laughs> I'm not, because the call will drop. I can't waste my money. It's, just, it's ridiculous, really. Because the audio okay, on I'm this phone is not is not, not great. great. No. And I have to ask the obvious question because I have called all of us have calls dropping all the time. Is it not a network issue? I thought it was, which is why it delayed me a month or two before I actually took it in for repair. But it always my phone is always dropping all over the place. I mean, okay, it's, so it's, just, it's dropping an unreasonable amount. In fact, it'll drop five times while I'm talking to one person. Okay, that's 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 extraordinary. So so here's the thing: Did they? You said they repaired it, or they attempted to repair. So they obviously conceded there was a problem. Yes, I've got all the documentation. They've replaced the motherboard twice. Okay. When I spoke to the the guy at Samsung, he said that's the most ridiculous thing, the most expensive part. Why didn't they just give you a new phone? Phone. Exactly. um, What a good question. Why didn't they? But they didn't. Yes. Here's the thing, uh, Karen, that applies to all goods. Um, maybe not cars, Johan. But um, if you, they have one bite at the repair cherry, as I always say. So if you, if you allow a repair and it goes wrong again within three months and it doesn't even have to be in the same way, the same fault, then the, um, we're talking about a CPA repair here. So does it start going wrong in the first six months or not? Karen? Months. Yes, Pardon? The first months. First month, okay. So, so after that first unsuccessful repair, they lost the right legally in terms of the CPA to do another repair. And at that point, you had the choice of a a refund or a replacement phone. So, they're definitely on the back foot here. You, I mean, and now we're talking. It's been going on since since last April. So it's a year now, twelve months. Um, You most definitely um, are legally entitled to a replacement phone. So um, if they're still not willing to do it, as it seems they are not, then I'm afraid you – well, I'm not afraid, but I suggest that you add your email to to my pile. Just put Cape Talk in the subject line, and um, I'll do my best to get to that. Okay, so I'll put Cape Talk in the subject line, and you'll get to it. Put Cape Talk, Vodacom. I did try and email you. But oh, um, I know you've got an enormous pile. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let's have another Try go. Try again, Karen. Yeah. If, you, if at first you don't succeed. Yes, I'm so sorry. It's, I don't mean to make light of it, but I just am physically, um, I have many platforms. I hate to and, think what your inbox And I like. just, I, I, I can never, ever be on top of it. So, uh, but I, I really do try my best. And, um, yeah, just say today's show or something so that my eye goes to it and um, I'll, I'll take it up with the network. There you go, Karen. Well, Johan, you've had your break. We have another car <laughs> query from Muath. Muath, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Hello? Yes, we're here. Yes. What's your question? Uh, yeah, I had my car. Uh, my car was vandalized uh, last year. Uh, paint was scratched. I made a claim through my insurance. Insurance sent me to a uh, service provider. 
The vehicle was there, I think, for about three months. Uh, not three months, about a month and a half. My vehicle was returned to me with a number of faults on the vehicle uh, that wasn't there when I delivered the car. Um, I've had several attempts now to get them to resolve it. They keep saying to me it didn't happen. It wasn't them. Uh, it was existing before. And I'm like, okay, this didn't happen. Um, they're now at the point where they called me about three weeks ago to tell me that they were going to send the car to uh, Mercedes-Benz in Century City to have the car diagnosed as a Mercedes. Um, and since then, I've had no communication. I've called them twice. And it's almost like they, they, they don't return your calls. I've, I've called the complaints line. They don't respond. I've sent them an email, official email to the complaints uh, email address as well. And I'm at a loss now because, I mean, it's, a, it's an older vehicle, but the vehicle was operational and everything was working. Um, when I delivered the car, and I made sure to make them check that everything was working. Now my keyless go doesn't work. Um, I get uh, a pulse on my PDC, my park distance control, and they say that this is it's because of the wear and tear and the year of the car. And I'm 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 at the point where, like I said, I'm at the last. I have no idea how to how to approach this anymore. If it's an ombudsman issue, or if I need to change insurances, or how do I go about it? Johan. Well, certainly, certainly, your insurance company must be informed of uh, yeah, no, no, of what I mean, has happened here. Yeah. I've been dealing with them directly. Um, I had two appointments. You with, have uh, been with dealing with them directly, so they so they are aware of this. Yes, they I mean, I met with them subsequent to me. The, your insurance company is aware of this. Yes, yes, the insurance company the is. Situation. Yeah. Okay, yeah. then, then I would suggest that you. Go onto our website, get the complaint form, fill it in, send it through to me, and let's see how we can help you from this uh, from this officer side. Because okay. you know that that's just not right. You know, especially if they checked the vehicle before it went in. It surely it went to an assessor before it uh, was taken in to the to the repair. Yes, yes. I mean to the to the repair. Yes, yes. I mean we we I made sure that when the car was delivered. In fact, while the car was in the workshop. Yes. I told them that they because they had removed like door handles and uh, bumper panels and yes, all kinds yes. of stuff from the car. That mm-hmm. you know they were things were yeah. not covered properly. It's got a radar for the distronic that was you know full of uh, residue and dust from the sanding of the bonnet and so on. And I said yeah. to them, you know, these, this, the electronics on here and water falling onto these connections is not good for for for, for all of yeah. the electronics yeah. in the vehicle, all right? And they just highly, yeah. you know, it wasn't. It was like that before you dropped it. Right? Or, or, or when it was no, 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 no. Mart, I'm, I'm going to suggest that you that you send an email, visit the website. We are running out of time. Yes. To www.myosa.co.za. www.myosa.co.za. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to Wendy. And we always run out of time, don't we? There are so many more questions yeah. that I will send on to Pippa and perhaps uh, she can deal with them on the show next week. Just a reminder to listeners, if you do have a consumer issue you'd like um, Wendy to to um, discuss, you can call her, you can send her an email on consumer at nola.co.za. Uh, just remember to put Cape Talk in the subject line and a word thank or two you. to tag the topic. Wendy and Johan, thank you so much. Thanks very much, Melanie. Thanks, Johan.